Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Marco. Uh, I'm on staff here at Storehouse McAllen. Uh, this morning, I am joined by Eric Reyna and Elsie Ries. Uh, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what discipleship is and what that looks like in the context of suffering. So, how are you guys doing? Hi, good morning. I'm doing good pretty morning. good. Good morning. I got my donuts. I mean, that's uh, that, that's great. You want one? No. Okay. Thank you. I'm good though. They're Shipley's. Yeah. Are you sure? Shipley's is amazing. Um, they are. But <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but it's called self control, man. Yeah. I mean, well, the line for El Pato was really long. So. Yeah. So, in the event that we have listeners not from the valley. What is El Pato? Oh, El Pato is fast food tacos. That's the best way I can explain it. Wouldn't all tacos be fast food? Well, I mean, there's the tacos where you sit down or like you go to the street vendor, like street tacos. But this is like drive. I feel like it's drive through taco, like the McDonald's of tacos. Drive through breakfast and lunch tacos. Yeah. The McDonald's of tacos is is Taco Bell, right? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. So El Pato would be the... Oh man! What's the comparable fast food chain? I don't know. Not Burger King. Wendy's is better. Yeah, maybe Wendy's. Wendy's. <laughs> the Wendy's. <laughs> the Wendy's of tacos. Maybe yeah. I don't Chick-fil-A? know. No, Wendy's doesn't. Uh, Wendy's doesn't do breakfast think? though. Chick Fil A of tacos would probably be Taco Palenque. You think so? Yeah, they have that drive-through. Oh, they do. And they're pretty good at it. Like, their service is pretty decent. They don't say my pleasure, though. Because they just, I mean, they're working. Yeah. Well, so did they. They work at Chick-fil-A. But their they're... pleasure is getting you your food. Yeah, it's the smile on your face yeah. when you your sure. taco. Arle. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Next. Quien sigue? That's what you hear. <laughs> 24. Yeah. <laughs> call out your number. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. What about you, Elsie? How's uh, how's your morning going? It's going a little on the rough side. But, oh, is it? Mm, but sorry. Jesus, he is my anchor <laughs> he right is now. the sustainer yes. of all things. The sustainer of all things. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> yeah. This morning has been like, uh, I mean, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I try to start my morning off the same way. I was talking to you about it yesterday. That's good. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like, man, give me that coffee. Yeah. Let me kind of just this coffee gets me helps. going. Oh yeah, coffee helps for sure. I can't drink that much coffee. Like it. That is why no one will remember your name. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just straight edge. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. No one will remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if I if I do drink coffee, it's either really milky or sugary. Sometimes I'll I'll drink it straight black. It's like cool. I, cool. That's it. I, it's, it's it serves a purpose. It's not like a pleasurable drink to have. Oh, does that make sense? I mean, it does. I just don't agree. But I'm yeah, just there we go. I do not concur. <laughs> Probably because I haven't had like really, really, really good coffee. Where right. It's like mm, yum. <laughs> this is what I do. Just go yeah. to Marco's house. And yeah, that's true. What's it called? Like a pour with slow drip. I mean, you have that though. Yeah, but I'm not measuring and like. 
calculating. Busting out my my goggles and hey, my man. white lab coat. Hey. hey, there's nothing wrong with that. With the, with the scale. <laughs> I like my lab coat. <laughs> I like my lab coat. It produces consistency. <laughs> I guess that's what I haven't had in coffee. Consistency. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. For real. Hey, he's being honest, Marco. Yeah. He's hey, there. thanks. Thanks for being honest. You need to be honest in community. When, when, when you wake up in the morning, I guess it's pretty easy if you have a routine, but when I wake up in the morning and make Abby coffee, I just like am groggily pouring the beans into the grinder. And, and I, I guess I grind it more finely than you're supposed to for a pour over it depends yeah and there's like sediment on the bottom so after abby's had her coffee like i'm drinking whatever i need to get through the day the it's coffee's like just, backwash it's like sediment it's super gross i'm not making it properly oh no i guess i need like a those paper filters i feel like sure. all our coffee people are like i know Turn it off. they just stop like, listening stop. Yeah. they just stop listening <laughs> Yeah, we're praying for him, guys. Seriously, yeah. I'm suffering. <laughs> suffering, right <laughs> this now. Is suffering. Speaking of suffering, speaking of yeah. So, uh, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, this is our first episode in our new podcast called Native Citizens, and really, this is just a, a I guess, a, a ministry that we wanted to um, dive into, start, get off the ground in light of the season that we find ourselves in with Rona. Rona has forced us to, uh, some ways good, some ways bad, or some ways challenging, but mm -hmm. nevertheless, Rona has kind of forced us to think through how are we going to continue to not only provide content for our congregation or, or people within our context, but also... What does it look like in this season where there are many different challenges? What does it look like to um, continue to disciple um, those in our church, those in our congregation? And so we thought a podcast was one of the easiest ways that we can continue the work of uh, discipleship or, or equipping um, for the purposes of discipleship and mission. So uh, this morning we're going to talk about, and actually let me preface this. We're going to talk about um, uh, discipleship in in the midst of a pandemic, um, within the context of suffering. Um, but on top of that, this is actually a quick series. This is one the first part of four. So we're going to be talking about discipleship within a pandemic in the context of suffering, uh, friendship, um, idolatry, and then and then within the church. And so we won't always do series. Sometimes we're just going to do a bunch of random topics. Um, but I thought it would be good for us to start with uh, with a series on something that we're, we're all not only involved in, but very passionate about, right? Discipleship. And so let's talk a little bit about, um, number one, what discipleship is and and then why it matters and and so here at Storehouse McAllen, right? We define discipleship as meeting people where they are and taking them where Jesus wants them to be. That's how we would define discipleship. And so the question is, uh, or or better yet, and so as a result of that, the the responsibility of being a disciple and being a disciple maker is for all Christians. The question is, why does it matter? So what would you guys say to that? Why why does it matter? Why does discipleship matter? You want to go first? I I think <laughs> I think Griffin off of what you said the 
like meeting people where they are and taking them where Jesus wants them to be is is like a really clear distinction compared to the discipleship I guess that the the Christian culture tends to push this cookie cutter Christian looking type of person and where Jesus wants them to be is going to be different as we're all like different parts of the body mm-hmm. and I think it's important for the function of the church to work well like that's that's what discipleship for is for the church to do her job mm-hmm. to love people well um in order to love people well we have to love people well right. it's, it, it just seems like circular yeah it's a circle yeah <laughs> that's my answer oh i was I like guess. are you gonna keep going <laughs> no i was thinking but i think i think to keep it concise that's that's sure. the best way i can put it yeah yeah what about you elsie what do you like why do you think discipleship matters like why why is it important um, the first thing that's coming to my mind, which I didn't think would be my answer, but it's, I think it's because it matters to, to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we truly believe that we belong to him, then we're going to see that it matters to him. It, it's, uh, it was played out, lived out by Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge relief because he is our ultimate example of discipleship and mm-hmm. what, how he um, selected the 12. He still preached to many mm-hmm. and hung out with many, but they, there was such intention and purpose to um, to walking with these 12 and even closer to um, with the inner three. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so I think it's important because we, we come to understand that this walk of faith um, is not a walk that we go on by ourselves. Yeah. And, and we can think that we can go on by ourselves for certain amounts of time or certain seasons. Um, but that um, we come to find out that we miss out on a lot if we choose to go on by ourselves right. on those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I think, I think the other thing that are uh, in addition to that, that I think, um, as to like why discipleship matters, why it's important is because whether you're actively discipling someone in the ways of Christ or not, you're always making disciples. The The question is, mm-hmm. are you making disciples of Jesus mm-hmm. or are you making mm-hmm. disciples of yourself? Mm-hmm. That's right? true. You know, so I think, I think, uh, I, and I would agree with, with what you, y'all were saying. And I think, and I would add that, man, the, the significance of discipleship is because one way or another, we're, we're all making disciples. The question is of, of who. Yeah, you're teaching something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're teaching something. Every life is preaching a sermon. Mm-hmm. It's like, who are you glorifying at that point? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so getting into a little bit more practical stuff, we talk about this a lot here at Storehouse. Um, but what is discipleship? I guess it's a two-part question. What does discipleship look like in in the context of, of the local church? So not just storehouse, but what does discipleship look like in the context of the local church? And then what are some maybe misunderstandings of of discipleship? This is where we get into the funny horror stories mm. of, <laughs> of discipleship. Mm. <laughs> so, so yeah, because I think each one of us has those horror stories. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So, so what is this, what should discipleship actually look like in the context of the local church? Let's start there. What do you guys, what do you guys uh, think about that? 
I think um, like an example would be a phone call or a text message at midnight. It's like, yo, like I'm really struggling right now or mm-hmm. so-and-so did this to me. Yeah. Or I've, I've, I really goofed up and I posted this online Yeah. and I deleted it too late and I started a fight or whatever. I think those, those, I, I guess reaching out, those instances of reaching out. Or outlets of communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are examples of something that's, that's extremely important is like this open, openness and ability to communicate with somebody close to you. Mm. So there's like this, this relationship that's more than this surface um weather talk right or like coffee talk yeah right there's there's this there's like intentionality Mm -hmm. behind it it's like yo i really goofed up i don't know what to do right Mm -hmm. now and i remember was i don't remember how many years ago was it but i punched my brother in the face (laughs) and i was like super i was grieving i was like oh no that counts as sin like i started a fight with my little brother and I was like behind the couch, like shaking, because he punched me back. And I called, I called you, Marco. Yeah. I was like, Marco, what do I do? He's like, Well, I don't remember what you said, but just the fact that you picked up and listened to me, I was like, Is this count as discipleship? I didn't know any better. <laughs> and it, it did. Yeah. It's like that was the relationship formed yeah. from from all the times we'd hung out at work or like for coffee or Burger King. That <laughs> that phone right, that bird. phone call that phone call was easier to have, and I was discipled and like coached through sure, um, how to have faith in God in that moment. Yeah, and I think that was a yeah that's an, that's an instance where I'm like, okay, I've answered those phone calls, but it's like, have I made that call? Right. It's like, yeah, I have yeah. <laughs> so so one of the things you would say is like, man, uh, discipleship is in terms of what it looks like. It's like this intentional pursuit of one another. Mm-hmm. So that would be one. What about, what about you, Elsie? What would you, what would you say like, Hey, this is what discipleship should look like in the context of the local church. Yeah. It kind of going off of what you said. I think the, the first thing that came to mind was our communication with one another. There's mm-hmm. it's, um, it's different in discipleship. I will say as there's more purpose as there's more, um, there's a root, uh, there's a foundation to it. So our calling as Christians and how to continue edifying and encouraging one another. Mm. And so practically, I mean, that could be, hey, actually, when my roommate is a Christian too, and we're, mm. you know, discipling each other. Right. How we live, how we honor each other, yeah. um, how we keep each other accountable. Hey, what are you reading the scripture this week? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What, uh, what did, what's your prayer been? Right. And, and then that open communication of like, I need, I need you to pray for me. Right. Just that knowing that there's, when there's a need, um, that, that other person is there to call upon mm-hmm. and, yeah, that's good. um, along with you, like wrestling through the things that you're going through right. and whatnot. I think that's, um, so it can look like that. It can look like, um, parent, you know, teaching their kiddos. This is how we. Um, on a fold of laundry, the laundry. <laughs> to do laundry, yeah, yeah, yeah no, which they pick sure. up really quick, yeah. actually, and so, um, and the day to day things, yeah. Um, so depending who who's around you, um, I think that, um, you know, that depends what discipleship is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really like honing like on the workplace, that that's your yeah. your wheelhouse, you know, for that season, whatever it may be. Um, 
your communication with those around you um, can be discipleship too. And yeah. like how much grace is in your vocabulary uh, sure. and in your demeanor and mm. in how you, you know, represent the job that you're doing and, yeah. and whatnot. I think the tasks that you do, how well of a steward you are in, yeah. in those things. So um, yeah, it's, it intertwines everyday life and, um, and like, uh, Eric said, there's like, there's no cookie cutter mm-hmm. thing for everyday life. Right. There's stewardship for everyday life right. and, good. and coming to God to ask him, how, how do you want me to go about, um, living today right and and that involves other people yeah and so i think that's really good i i, I it's the, it's re- in regard to stewardship i mm-hmm. think that's really good i think um i i would also uh add i think discipleship is also is is gospel centered i would i would say two things the second one would be kind of summarizing what we're all talking about but the first one would be that it's gospel centered whether mm-hmm. whether i'm following up like you mentioned with a roommate so whether it's based on accountability or just checking in or or having um, intentionality behind pursuing someone, right? Like it's it's it, at the at its core, it is gospel centered. So at some point, I want to be able to preach the gospel to myself. I want to be able to preach the gospel to um, man, uh, a friend of mine, my neighbor, my coworker. I want to. Uh, I hope that the gospel is preached to me, right, from my friend. Yeah. And so it's so it's gospel centered. That's for sure. And I think the 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 thing that I would say to summarize what we're all saying is the discipleship seems to happen in the context of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So it's like wherever you are, you're, you're discipling. So whether you are a stay at home parent and you're teaching your kids how to fold the laundry, wash mm-hmm. the dishes, read the Bible. Like that's like, that's, I hate saying it this way in the sense of like, that's not special yeah, because it is. But what I want to get at is, that's ordinary. Like that's, that should be happening. Yeah. That's a normal thing. Yeah. That's a normal thing. It's special in the normal. Yeah. Because I mean, you're exactly. using the, the gift you've been given. Exactly. Marriage, parenthood, exactly. whatever it is. Exactly. And uh, same thing in the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. Like wherever you are, again, like if you are a follower of Jesus, you're discipling people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the question is just a poo. So, so discipleship happens really in the context of the ordinary of everyday thing. So in light of all that, what are, uh, um, man, what it's, what's like one or two misunderstandings of, of discipleship. So you can share your own personal <laughs> horror story or, or you can just, uh, based on like, uh, you know, ministry or, or just life in general, what are, what are some of the things that, that are some of the misunderstandings of discipleship? I think one of the first ones is that, um, it's, supposed to be uh, very formal mm-hmm. and you're supposed to find find or ask um, like the pastor's wife um, to disciple or you know right. the pastor himself and <laughs> he or she's he the or only she one is disciple. the only one <laughs> or like if there's several pastors and their wives right, like, you can only select from them yeah um <laughs> It's true. And this is not a bad thing. I'm just saying like examples. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, like a kind of a cultural, yeah. unspoken a cultural pressure. Thing. No, yeah. Right. And, and in some contexts, like they're kind of like the own, like the, really the only leaders per sure. se. Sure. If like it's your family and maybe the other families, but they're like the leadership. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, 
Oh uh, yeah, like if it's it's just them and um and it's meeting every Saturday morning at ten o'clock at you know the local uh whatever pato el pato or el pato. El pato whatnot Starbucks. or some yeah <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> I think el pato has coffee. I don't know if it's that very right yeah they do. Yeah, so you know el pato coffee tacos and mm. you're like you got your journal. What would be with Super Valley Bible. would be like. <laughs> Like uh, Q tacos, Q and, tacos, uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Some, and some was, coffee from Stripes. I was stripes. thinking the, yes. the Junction Cafe. <laughs> yes, that's... yes, exactly. I mean, we should just go there. Right there. Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Downtown. Oh man, some toasted biscuits. Anitas. Yeah. If anyone's anyway. in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the other things is going going off what you're saying, Elsie, is like yeah. um um. I've I've had this one before, where like other people, let's as an example, let's say another one of our staff members is going to disciple someone, mm-hmm. and that someone comes back and says, like, "Well, did you did you ask the pastor for permission to disciple me?" <laughs> like there needs to be this oh, chain of command. Yeah, I've heard that one too. To yeah, discipleship, and it's come back to me where I'm like, "What? Yeah." I, yeah, man, you should be. What? I yes, forgot about that one. Yeah. Why would you need my permission? And so, um, I've heard, I've heard that one for sure. Yeah. Um, and I just have to say, like, if I don't sound like I didn't benefit from whoever discipled me, like I'm super thankful for those people <laughs> who did. I, if I sound differently through my voice, I just want you to know sure. I'm so appreciative Thank of you so much those yeah. who discipled me because they. I mean, because growing up, like that was. That was what I had mm-hmm. around my, my mm-hmm. you know, my surroundings and learning, um, and what have you. And that built, helped fuel my faith and mm-hmm. my, um, love for Jesus. Um, but yeah, definitely where it's was skewed is like, that's the only outlet yeah. of yeah. discipleship and, or that's the, um, that's the structure. And yeah. if you, anything other than that, that's not considered Simple. discipleship. That's a, then it's like. A group ministry and then that's the you know it's just yeah. all, all these labels yeah. but there wasn't that acknowledgement or that recognition of all that's discipleship mm-hmm. and what is it pointing to right and yeah, yeah what's the benefit yeah, that's of good. it yeah i think one of the other one of the other misunderstandings i think of discipleship is that like the great commission where jesus yeah. says go and make go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Mm-hmm. I think that one of the misunderstandings of that means is where people begin to assume that making disciples means making converts. And so, man, you're out there trying to like convert people and force just, yeah, you're trying to force them yeah. and evangelism obviously is a wonderful thing. We want mm-hmm. to introduce people to Jesus. We want people to come to know Jesus. Like we want all that. And what Jesus says is, go and make disciples, not go and make converts. And I think that speaks a little bit more clearly into the whole context of the ordinary. Like, when you look at the the life and ministry of Jesus, right, as he's making disciples, he's making disciples with those he's being really intentional with, which is what we talked about. Mm -hmm. But then he's also making disciples with those that he's just coming into interaction and contact with. And... 
many of those individuals don't follow him. Many of those individuals' lives may be changed by a moment with him, but there isn't necessarily transformation. And But he keeps doing what he's supposed to doing, right? Like mm-hmm. he continues to make disciples. He continues to pour into the 12. He continues to pour into the three. And so I think that's one of the big misunderstandings of discipleship where it's like, man, we got to make converts. We got to like shove the gospel down people's throats. We got to force this upon them. And it's yeah. like, no, man, like because discipleship happens in the context of ordinary life, man, you want to be able to be consistent in your walk with Jesus and not everyone is going to turn and follow him right then and there or at all. Mm. Yeah. That part of that scripture too, it's, I know, I I don't know if it was you who was preaching or another pastor um, preaching on, on that section, but just that phrase as you are going Mm -hmm. um, that I remember that hitting um, the nail on the head for me and, and like abolishing that, you know, quote unquote, certain structure Mm -hmm. of discipleship that it had to be this certain way while I'm in this spot. Yeah. And so if I'm not in this spot, I can't disciple or I can't, yeah. or I don't have these qualifications, I can't disciple. Yeah. And, and that's part of the scripture totally debunks that. Yeah. It's like, no, you're going to keep going. Yeah. You're going to live life. And, and how, how are you going to disciple, be a disciple of Jesus mm-hmm. and disciple others yeah. for to be disciples of Jesus. Right. Like you right. are a disciple who also makes disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in light of all this, the season that we find all of ourselves in is in the season of, of Rona. Rona. Right. And so here in Hidalgo County, that has certainly um, produced some challenges. <laughs> We're, we're the best at Rona. We're the best at Rona. Oh, that's insensitive. I, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man. I feel so bad no, saying well, that out loud. Well, our, well, I should say we it's, are the most susceptible or one yeah. of the, the areas that is most susceptible. Man, I feel like I need to kick myself off of this podcast right now. Can we edit that out? Grace. Please. There is grace. Yeah. I, I'm sorry if anybody hears that. Yeah. I think what I meant to say is that here in the valley there's been that's my way of coping dude like seeing all the people hurting yeah mm-hmm. is and that's a cultural thing too when yeah. we're suffering like we make yeah we, we, yeah. we, we tend to joke and i think want i want to not yeah. deal with is it is that hurts? part of like <laughs> suffering in in making disciples like really calling people to that like the the faces y'all made yeah when i said that I was like, okay, I'm supposed to feel shame for saying something dumb. Right. Or well, some, something insensitive. Like that's that's part of the discipleship process is yeah. like saying, hey, that's is that Christ-like? Right. And yeah, yeah. seeing others suffer in that pointing, if we're not necessarily the ones suffering, it's harder to... Man, I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I no, just threw myself off. No, 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 no. I think I think you're kind of getting there. So, so here here's what I wanted to kind of paint. So we're all in a season of of Rona, particularly down here in Hidalgo County, where cases have spiked. Right. Um, so active cases were just a little under five thousand. We've seen uh, tragic hundreds of deaths occur over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in addition to that, three weeks ago. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be about a month. But for us, three weeks ago, uh, we were hit by a hurricane, Hurricane Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there has been more, I don't want to use the word pop-up, but regarding what the news has, has, uh, revealed, there's been more, um, uh, pop-up, uh, uh, shootouts with, uh, with police oh, yeah. and, and criminals oh, yes. here in the Valley. So a couple of weeks ago, we lost two police officers from McAllen PD, um, <clears throat> there was a shootout in Mission, which is a city just next door, I think two weeks ago. So a lot of things have been happening. And uh, and so it's just been an overall difficult and challenging season for our entire community. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we've been talking a great deal about discipleship and, and, and what it is, what it looks like and all that. Um, I want us to, to talk briefly about, okay, so, so what does that, what we're talking about regarding discipleship, what does that look like? in a season of suffering where we're seeing cases go up deaths are tragically occurring almost daily uh violence in our streets is um at the very least we're we're hearing about it more mm-hmm. right being in the valley we've known about it now we're just hearing about it more um so things are it's like things are starting to happen closer to the heart if if they're not already there mhm yeah Hurricane Hannah devastated um, on the valley and portions of the coastal bend area. So, so what does discipleship look like in a in a season of suffering? Because I think one of the things that you were getting at is um, one of the one of the ways in which we disciple one another. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I'm one of the ways in which we disciple one another culturally in the valley mm-hmm. is by making fun yeah. of of something serious. And sometimes that's a, that's a way of coping. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that as an excuse, mm-hmm. but it's a way of coping to not talk about that the at a deeper, deeper level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, sometimes it's because we're just hearing so much of the bad. Let's just goof yeah. with this and kind of just move forward. Sometimes it sometimes it can't, I don't think you were being insensitive, but sometimes right. it can be insensitive because it personally hasn't affected us. Right. Right. So, um, so I think culturally that's how we would disciple one another. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's not, or sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not, it's not good. Um, going, circling back to what we've talked about discipleship. How do you, how do we disciple one another? How do we disciple people that don't know Jesus in a season of suffering. I think I'm thinking of a, of an instance where in our, in the MC that Abby and I host, we on, it was like on, on group chat or was it called group me? Yeah. I had said something just as, as ridiculous as I had just said now via text message. So a lot of the tone and like, um, like the the playful banter that I wanted to communicate wasn't communicated via text message, so it sounded really harsh and mm-hmm. rough, and that's that's the way it came out came across. And I I apologize for that. But what it brought about was a response from a few to be like Eric that that didn't sound right. Mm. And in that I was like, oh dang! Like although I'm a leader, I think being called to holiness from others who who I would say follow my lead like that doesn't that doesn't make me exempt from being discipled by others right um who I'm leading so I thought that was that was really interesting and special way of being discipled is is like 
being called to to be more holy yeah in our speech um i think that goes hand in hand with what paul tells the corinthians where he says um follow me as i follow christ and right. so when we break that down a little bit more what paul is really saying is where you see Jesus in my life, follow me. Where you don't, don't. Right. Yeah. And so in that <laughs> moment good. where if they perceived that, man, they didn't see Jesus, rather than kind of leaving you, they discipled you. Yeah. Which I think is a great, that, that, in my opinion, I think that also speaks loudly to what Paul tells the Colossians, where he says, our role as brothers and sisters in Christ is actually to mature one another in the yeah. faith. Like we are our brother's keeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if your brother does something dumb, love them and right. let them know they did something they weren't supposed to do. Right. And I think there's, there's the discipleship of like teaching like good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And then there's this discipleship of, of teaching obedience to Christ. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about that the other day, Adam and Eve, they, they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So I think we, we have that down. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know good versus evil, but we, we aren't inherently knowing is obedience to Christ, right. obedience to the, the word of God. And I think that's, that's the, the hinge pin of discipleship is that obedience to mm-hmm. him and that relationship with him. And that's, that only happens through relationship with one another, yeah. I believe. Um, so you can read scripture all day by yourself, but if there's no relationship with others, there's, there's going to be a really hard time producing fruit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. What about you? Let's see. What do you think? Like, what is, what does discipleship look like in a season of suffering? So in light of everything that we've talked about. Um, right now, I, I think what is just at the forefront of my mind is, is being available to, to my friends who are suffering because mm-hmm. they're going through really hard things right now. Um, Namely, an example, someone lost their mom. Another Mm -hmm. one, they're going through a lot of medical um, health issues Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of like trying to move at the same time. And, you know, and the list goes on, right? Just different circumstances that are hitting just a little harder. And like we said, like everything's kind of hitting close to home. Mm -hmm. It's been hitting close to home. Mm -hmm. And so... I think it's um, what it looks like is you, if you're on the other end, you um, being able to, to grieve for them, grieve with them, mm-hmm. being broken together with them. And um, that can look like hearing them just cry and tell all the things over the phone. Mm. And you're just listening. You're yeah. not trying to fix anything. You're not as much as you want to make it all better too, right? you know, as much as you want the pain or the suffering to go away, um, they, they still have to walk through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can be that good disciple, good friend, good steward of the friendship relationship yeah. to, to be really actively listen, um, and, and be intentional of, of sending the follow-up text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, one friend, I made sure to at least text her before today and I let her know, I, Hey, I'm available later in the afternoon today and then probably tomorrow again. So mm-hmm. if you need 
I can run errands for you, you know, just sure. knowing when you have that space. Yeah. Um, and if you can, man, jump on that. Cause yeah. that can mean a whole lot to that person. Yeah. Um, and cause I know, I mean, that's how it, a lot of, a lot of times it was for me. Um, sure. friends just came over and, and like spoke truth or spoke gospel. A lot of times I didn't want to hear it either yeah. in the suffering. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just cried to them and just like, and told them and was honest. Like I, I hear you and I don't, I don't think that right now. Love the energy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, love the energy. <laughs> you don't want to hear about this right now. <laughs> I, I, like I really that appreciate aspect. that you came and <laughs> stepped into my room, you know, into my space. Um, you know, yeah. And it's yeah, granted, depending on what the suffering or situation is, sure. right? Um, so it's, um, yeah. I like that you, you showing up. you don't try fixing people. Like, you don't try yeah. fixing it. Like the situation is going to be repaired by God, mm -hmm. by obedience to God. Yeah. Yep. Or exactly. I, sometimes suffering doesn't even need, um, like repairing. It just needs like experiencing. Yeah. That's, I, that's, no, that's a big so. one to, f that I'm realizing. Well, cause I think a lot of people, people just need to be heard too. Right. Cause I think oftentimes in suffering people are, uh, like the prayer tends to be God, get me out of this rather than mm -hmm. God, get me through this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the other thing I, in, in, in the context or in the season of suffering and but you said it really well is I think we need to we need to really learn as Christians we really need to learn what it looks like when Paul says in Romans 12 man we're going to rejoice with those who rejoice and we're going to weep with those who weep mm -hmm. and um, and so what I mean by that or to, to expand on that is I think as Christians we need to learn how to sympathize well and yeah. sometimes sympathizing um, is not only something that Jesus does for us, right? Like he, or he, Jesus does with us, he sympathizes with us. But in addition to that, sympathizing with someone means to come alongside and to weep with them, mm -hmm. to be still, to be quiet, to be a presence, right? Yeah. Sympathizing does not always mean empathizing. And I think a lot of Christians try to feel what feel, the other person yeah. is feeling and the problem with that is that if I get to that place and you don't respond in a way that I think you should respond because yeah. I'm putting myself in your shoes, I now become offended and it yeah. becomes about becomes me. about you rather. Yeah, <laughs> bro, I'll, I'll, I'm there. Snaps. That's where I find myself a lot of the times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it just like spiritual things sometimes elicit emotional responses. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I, I sometimes I... I believe the lie into thinking that I need to feel a certain way as we, we go through the suffering. For sure. So, yeah. That's, that's a big one that emotions are good. Yeah. But like based off of like the last sermon series that yeah. you preached on, it's like, there's a healthy way to approach these emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in the suffering. Yeah. When, um, when you're the person that's wanting to be there for that individual. And one friend, um, she was so intentional about um, this particular time uh, and certain information that would, you know, cause more grief for um, for me. But knowing I had to know that, so to right. in order to grieve fully. And she had told me before, afterwards, like she cried with me and everything we we got through the the moment but she had told me i had to pray in my car for a while i had to set myself apart yeah to to rely on all the holy spirit mm. and 
as much as this this also grieved her, you know, she knew that it's like she's she was the vessel right. to like work out whatever God wanted to um, reveal at that time, and yeah. she, you know, was able to to weep with me and weep at that time and yeah. moment, but also um, be a guide to, Hey, how yeah. are you doing this? You know, this is gospel. Like, don't forget this. And like, yeah. you know, just, and just to continue on with the next day and the next day and whatnot. Yeah. I think, I think uh, when it comes to suffering as Christians, we forget because suffering stinks, but yeah. like suffering is meant to draw us near to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so I think one of the encouragements Christians can have in the midst of suffering is that they are not alone because man, mm-hmm. Jesus has experienced this for them on their behalf. Absolutely. And so when you feel alone, man, Jesus knows what that's like, not simply because he is omnipotent, right? Like <laughs> Jesus knows that because he was alone. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. his friends bailed on him. Uh, a, a, another one betrayed him. His friends right? died. His friends died, right? Like he was he was alone on the cross. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so and and so I think that's that level of sympathy, or not that, that that's the level, but that's that's one of the things that we can find assurance in regarding suffering. That Jesus knows exactly what it feels like. Jesus can sympathize with us. That's what the author of Hebrews says. And then us to one another can then emulate that with one another by simply being there for one another. Having compassion. Having compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't mean that you have an answer. Like, cause oftentimes you're going to find out that you don't have an answer. That's like every time for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I think that's the part where either Christians really do want to fix things or they are trying to be too empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to, feel too much what the other person is feeling and you get like lost the, in that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. We, we were talking about boundaries, right? And I think that's, yeah. that's one of those things is there's like you're, you're what was it? Job's like friends. Discernment they, too. Yeah. They, they sit there with him, mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't feel the exact same things. Or I think they didn't, they didn't the say the, the best, the things. best things. Yeah. <laughs> probably because they were emotionally too emotionally invested per se. Yeah. And I think sometimes as Christians, we look at, I think we look at suffering intellectually rather than sympathetically. Hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. A lot of us can very like want to be logical about it and have a procedure for every single circumstance. Control is suffering. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, And (laughs) and it almost becomes like idolatry. And no, like, oh, you're going through that. Uh, I have X, Y, Z. Okay. Because it almost becomes idolatry (laughs) in the sense of like, well, I have a system. I have a formula that's going to get, and the the, the trippy thing about it is that it's going to get me through this Mm -hmm. so that I can be done with it. Yeah. Right. And so, which is very selfish and (laughs) self-centered. Here are the eight steps to suffering. Yeah, exactly. My way. So... Yeah, so as written by as written by. And so yeah, so as we wrap up, man, this this first episode, we've talked a lot about discipleship. I know we wanted to talk about some more stuff. We'll, we'll get to that later, but as we've talked about discipleship, the importance of discipleship and what it looks like, I think one of the things that I would just want us to walk away with is in a season of suffering, everything that we talked about doesn't look too different. It's just applied differently because mm-hmm. of the season yeah like you like one of the things you mentioned elsie was being available when a season of suffering it might mean we're made 
we make ourselves a little bit more available mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or, or in the context of ordinary life, it might mean that there are some, um, things that we weren't ready for that are just going to disrupt ordinary life. And mm-hmm. that's where availability comes in. That's where intentionality comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where gospel centeredness comes in, right? Like, yeah, you're in a season of suffering. We're all going to be inconvenienced. Um, and as a result of that, we need to walk one in compassion, uh, with compassion and two with sympathy. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's super important. And the only way to do that is to be ready in and out of season mm-hmm. is like, it's to be in the word having like that consistent relationship with Christ because other, otherwise we'll be trying to produce those fruits that you're explaining mm-hmm. and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be, It'll hurt more than help. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the the biggest takeaway is to to disciple others. We actually have to consistently be a disciple ourselves. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. All right, guys. Well, I hope uh, that you listeners walk away with those two things: being ready in and out of season, walking with compassion, and demonstrating and walking with sympathy, just like our Lord Christ uh, did with us and certainly for us. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.